0: future of mental health part two why every organization needs to utilize lived experience so just to recap in part one of this series i talked about how the world health organization set out a comprehensive 2020 to 2030 mental health action plan that aims to fundamentally change the way we approach mental health and how the who report explains that most mental health services have an entrenched entrenched over-reliance on the biomedical model in which the predominant focus of care is on diagnosis, medication and symptom reduction, while the full range of social determinants that impact people's mental health tend to be overlooked. In this part two, I want to talk to you about the importance of utilising lived experience as part of any mental health support in your organisation. Now the thing is, we tend to find comfort in hearing another share a problem that we have also experienced. When we've shared an experience with something, someone's been through a struggle or a similar struggle to us, that, that mutual experience leads to empathy. Not necessarily having been through the same experience, but the same, maybe the same emotion, the same fear. If we both experience fear, both experience lost, lost, that sort of thing helps to build empathy. And it builds empathy in a way that, that can't be achieved by just imagining another's play on an intellectual level. We have to sort of experience something, that, that, that sort of feeling ourselves as well. Now, the WHO's Comprehensive Mental Health Action Plan 2020-2030 to discusses how they don't feel they can achieve their agenda of a human rights and positive recovery-based approach to mental health without the active participation of those who themselves have experienced mental health struggles. The WHO state that people with lived experience are experts and necessary partners to advocate for the respect of their rights but also for the development of services and opportunities that are most responsive to their actual needs. Now, Soteria, a renowned crisis house in Bern, in Switzerland, highlighted by the WHO for their quality of service. They have plans to actually start allowing those with lived experience to be involved in their decision-making, not just basic decision-making. This is even their high level decision-making around the support they offer. So they're clearly embracing this, this approach. At Atmiata, which is a community mental health outreach service in Gujarat, India, whilst lived experiences isn't essential to become one of their outreach champions, many of those who have used the service decide to take on the role of a champion. Now, their champions are actively encouraged to share their own personal mental health experiences, actively encouraged to do so during the counseling sessions, as they believe that this not only helps to build trust, but also gives service users hope and reassurance. Home Focus, which is a, a community outreach mental health service in Cork over in Ireland, has a recovery and development advocate who organizes their peer support groups and also uses their own mental health experiences when providing one-to-one support to those within the service. So again, actively encouraged to share their own lived experience. Home Again, this is a, a support supported living mental health service in Chennai in India, now, they have people with lived experience on the, st- on the staff right from the level of from the, or from the founders or across to the management and the senior board. And they've got an aim actually to have those with lived experience making up at least 50 percent of their staff. That's their target. And surface users over there. So those with lived experience also host a monthly focus group to gain reviews and feedback on how they can actually improve the service that's offered. Another example is Shared Lives, which is a a supported living service for mental health in Southeast Wales that promotes the the empowerment and involvement of service users at all levels, such as one-to-one work, operational and even at the strategic level. So is that something that you could harness within your organisation? The lived experience of of employees who have struggled, those who have had problems in their own life with with their mental health. Could you put it to use in helping those who are currently struggling with their emotional well-being in my experience many organizations actually overlook this vast goldmine mine of experience that could be put toward put to use towards reducing mental health related absenteeism presenteeism and staff turnover services shaped by lived experience for many organizations setting up mental health support can seem overwhelming due to the countless areas they feel they need to take into consideration. But one of the easiest ways around this is to recruit the minds, the thoughts, the experience of those with lived experience. Because those individuals can provide invaluable ideas to help you form and mould and shape the support you deliver in a way that be practically meaningful to those struggling, rather than based on maybe, you know, shiny object syndrome that we see or following the crowd that's, you know, all too common in the world of mental health. A firehouse, a crisis centre in Massachusetts in the USA, was actually created by and is run by those who've had a psychiatric diagnosis and have experienced trauma, homelessness and substance abuse. So it was created by the very people that have used those services at the Open Dialogs Crisis Service in Lapland in Finland. Peer supports with lived experience they they're the ones that organize and facilitate the support group meetings. So many of many of the positive exper- of examples showcased in the WHO report highlighted well they they highlight the presence of of those with lived experience being at every phase in decision-making from original idea conception right through to the lived day-to-day to uh, to the day-to-day administration of such services once they're up and running. After all, they can actually give you insights into what would have been helpful for them when they were going through struggles themselves, which is obviously going to be a really good starting point for building anything. The WHO, they feel there's an increasing recognition that people with lived experience due to their own knowledge and experience in the area have an important contribution to make and a central central role to play in the design, development, improvement and transformation of mental health services across the board. As well as in supporting and delivering direct services to those such as peer specialists, peer support and peer run crisis services. Diversity of opinion. Everybody has their own unique experience of mental health struggles, and it's this differing of perspectives that can add so much richness and depth to, supporting, to support services when those with lived experience play a key role in their conception and running. At Nairobi Mind, a community outreach mental health service over in Kenya, members reported being inspired to get back into education or to start a business after meeting a peer someone with lived experience who was supporting them, someone who'd, had the, who'd, who'd actually done the same. So once they'd seen someone who'd been through their struggles and come out and had set up a business or gone back into education, they felt more inspired to do that as well. At and Landkreis, a crisis centre in Heidenheim, Germany, peer support workers and the families of those with mental health challenges regularly meet together with management to review the service and to discuss together ways to improve it. On Clinic in Yangon in Burma, at that, at that clinic, informal feedback is proactively, in sort, proactively sought from those who use the service in order to help inform how they operate. And they've also made peer support workers part of the clinic's formal decision-making process. At Tuparake, a crisis centre in South Auckland in New Zealand, the majority of the staff is made up of those with lived experience of mental health conditions, and they freely share their experiences with the service users, as it's such a great trust-building tool. So what would this look like in your organization? We know that across the globe, many mental health support services are seeing the value offered by those with their own lived experience of mental health struggles, and they're harnessing it. How might you also take advantage of this goldmine of empathy within your business? It could add a new dimension to the way you design, implement, and administrate those services, as as well as improve decision-making, as those with lived experience may have a greater conception of what will work and provide value than those without. So on that note, check out part three in this final part of this series where where I discuss the WHO's concept of a positive recovery approach. They've got a whole different way of looking at what recovery means. It vastly differs from the present ideas of recovery that, that just focus on symptom reduction. So hopefully you'll join me for part three. And remember, if you want to get my free report, three mental health myths, every HR professional needs to know, just check out below, go find the link below, give it a click and you click and you'll get my free report. Again, three mental health myths, every HR professional needs to know. Speak to you soon.